On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we preview our matchup against the elite Joe Flacco-led Broncos. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, come, touchdown! Unbelievable! Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Diane. Hello, gents. Hello. How we doing, Foos? We reviewed the tape from Sunday. Is there anything new we'd like to report? Josh was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. I had a little instant reaction, a little heated instant reaction on the last show. Uh, but hey, you know, that, that'll happen sometimes. So yeah. let's, let's break it down. I think that really the first conversation was, did we get conservative in the second half? And Dan, break it down for us. Oh, yeah. The answer was not at all. I mean, it, I, I went and charted all the plays and there's instead of going play by play, I'll just break it down to a couple easy stats here. So when there was five minutes left in the fourth quarter, we had ran the ball eight times. We had passed 12 times. Multiple throws were 10 yards or greater. Uh, we were hurt by a couple sacks and uh, Jimmy Graham offensive pass interference that led to a third and 28. Um, so we get the ball with five minutes left. If we're playing conservative, you would assume run, run, run. Instead, it's a deep route to MVS. It's a deep wheel route to Aaron Jones. If you remember the one he underthrew, you know, by about a foot yeah. and the linebacker yeah. was able to get his hand on. And then on third and 10, they threw an eight yard crosser to MVS. So we throw three times in a row with three minutes left. Now, finally, when you should be able to run the ball, uh, successfully in order to close out the game, we had six runs and one pass and rather successfully closed out the game. So, you know, the numbers don't bear out playing conservative at all, which is how I felt it it uh, went down. So, so Josh, a little less emotion next time when the when the Vikings defense steps up and just starts uh, controlling us. A yeah, little bit, that, that the doesn't Vikings play conservative. Defense, the Vikings defense definitely did step up, and they played a lot better coverage in the second half. Uh, and I just didn't realize how much we just did not execute those pass plays, and they they could have been executed, and some of them could have been caught. Um, so, yeah, not conservative play calling, just didn't execute on the non-conservative play calling. <laughs> it was just it was just such a just juxtaposition from the first half. It felt like yeah. something was off on our end. But it was really the Viking defense, a uh, little more pressure. Uh, there were a few penalties that killed us, and the coverage was a lot better. So, you know, we're, yeah. we're still going for it, which I like to see. Uh, it just didn't pan out in the second half the way we would have hoped. Yeah, and the incompletions slowed us down, too, so it didn't allow us to do the hurry up at all or right. know, just just go into it. So it really just slowed down the offense altogether. Go ahead, Josh. Keep talking about everything you got wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the other one is I thought El- I thought Jenkins played the whole second half, but after I saw the, <laughs> actually watched the film afterwards, uh, it looked like Lane Taylor came back in in the second half and actually played better than he did in the first quarter. Um, but I'm very interested to see what they do this week. I think Lane Taylor will get the start again, uh, but I'll, I'll be interested to see when they bring Jenkins in. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is I know Jones played well, but looking back, man, he was just awesome last game. And I know that I think we had Adams as the MVP, which I have no problem with with that because he was also balling out. But Jones single handedly 
that that fourth quarter kept us from absolutely falling apart. So thank you, thank you, Aaron Jones, for everything you did. Thanks, man. Care to come on the pod? <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Sunday, Broncos come to Lambeau Field. These teams have only played five times in the last twenty years. The last time being twenty fifteen. Rodgers versus Peyton Manning in Mile High. And boys, did they ball out. Combined for zero touchdowns, one Manning <laughs> interception. Rodgers ended the game with 77 total yards and a Packers Whoa. loss. Whoa. 77? Did he play yeah. the whole game? I Yeah, he was the only one listed as quarterback. Wow. So that's, uh, yeah. No uh, Huntley, <laughs> no nothing. Like, that was just straight Rodgers. So, I, I hope we win. I hope it's better. I hope it's a better game in, in general because just bad all around. Uh, and the same can be said for the Broncos season thus far. They're 0-2, losses at Oakland opening night. Uh, last week on a heartbreaking, semi-controversial field goal against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, digging into the stats, I, I don't even know what stats to throw out about them. <laughs> they are so boring the elite joe flacco in the season two touchdowns one interception freeman and Lindsay are battling for the top running back position the defense is steady uh i guess overall slightly better offense than chicago slightly below average defense similar to like i don't know maybe a notch or two below minnesota but like let's start right there how do the packers take control of this game from an offensive side yeah, I, I, when I was looking at the tape of the Broncos, I found the same thing. Like, what am I going to talk about with these guys? You know, they're just a very average team across the board. You know, they have Emmanuel Sanders, still has a speed and can take it. But, yeah, for what we need to do with the defense, I, I was very surprised. They have not had a sack in either of their first games uh, with Nick Chubb and uh, Bradley, Chubb, Bradley Chubb, oh, Brad, Bradley Chubb, Chubb. Bradley Chubb. <laughs> Dang, getting your Bradley Chubb Ch- up? Come on. <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> With Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, I, I don't understand why they're not getting a pass, a pass rush on. And that actually goes back to last season. In the two games this season and the last two games of last season, they have one total sack. Not between Chubb and Von Miller, but as a defensive unit. So wildly in my mind i'm going oh broncos defense is pretty amazing and then you start digging deeper and you're going hmm 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 but they're pretty even up the middle like they're pretty stout against the run like it was pretty hard for them to make room so it's very confusing as how can you be so stout against the run but you can't create pressure i mean it's it's very odd were the, the Bears used a lot more David Montgomery than they did against the Packers, which was good for the Packers because he looked pretty solid. He made a lot of guys miss, uh, but his longer runs were still just five, six yards. He wasn't really able to break one off. The Bears' best rushing plays were Corderell Patterson for 54 yards, and then uh, Taylor Gabriel ran a jet sweep for something like 14 yards. So I, I wonder if that's something the Packers may pull out of the uh, – the play chest, the playbook, <laughs> the, ch- the, the chest of possible plays we haven't seen. Uh, I don't know the term I'm looking for, but I wonder if we see some some motion or some sweep action from someone like a Trevor Davis or an MVS uh, just to try to stretch them uh, horizontally because the Bears had a little luck with that. Yeah, I also want us to push them vertically. We have the longest play we've had this year is that 47 yard completion to MVS in week one, which really was a jump ball. You know, I want to see. 
Rodgers air it out and catch somebody in stride. And let's get let's get some long touchdowns here. Now, yeah, bring, let's not go back to the history. We've thrown a few deep balls. <laughs> no, we have. We have. We've only completed one 47-yarder, though, so yeah. one above 40 yards. Yeah, it's, I'm equally confused why, you know, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller are not getting more pressure. Um, that'll be interesting. If, if they're matched up against Bakhtiari and Bulaga, who's been grading off the charts in pass blocking, if they don't try to free those guys up on stunts or moving them inside – um, maybe Rodgers has some more time than he's been used to in the first couple of weeks, and we do free up some long balls. And now we're kind of dropping these bold lock predictions of the week, and I think this is the perfect time for it because I believe the bold lock of the week involves our very own Mr. Rodgers. I believe that Rodgers is going to go for 300 total yards and three touchdowns. And I know there's people that are going to listen to this and go, but Not Rogers, bold. yeah, <laughs> Rogers always goes for three touches in his last <laughs> in his last 25 games. He's only thrown three touchdowns and over 300 yards two times. That's and I understand there's injuries and everything else. I also think that the the offensive unit as a whole in terms of wide receivers and everything else hasn't been as strong as it's been in his younger years. But so here's the reason. I think Rodgers getting more comfortable with the system. I think this will be a true team effort. We didn't see the tight ends at all last week. We didn't really see the running backs at all in Chicago. I think this is a true wide receiver, one, two, three, tight ends and running backs are going to pull it together. But I also want to dig a little bit deeper into this Broncos defense. So far this season, and I know we're only two games in, but with the sample size we have, the Broncos have zero sacks, which we mentioned. They're the only team in the NFL that doesn't have at least two. Wow. Zero interceptions, zero forced fumbles, and a total of two, two QB hits. And to put that in perspective, the Packers yeah. have 17. And those are only by Chubb in the last game. Absolutely. Those are both on Trubisky, yep. Yeah. And then they let Carr and Trubisky have a 72% completion rate. And overall, the Raiders and Bears converted on third down 52% of the time, which is third worst in the league, and 80% of the red zone trips ended in touchdowns. The stat man over here. Rod- wow. Rodgers, one, two, three touchdowns. Lock it in. Put down your money and win. He is going to own this team because the one thing you could say is he felt uncomfortable in terms of timing. You give him that extra second, which we think he should be letting the ball go, but now he has it. He is going to own this game and the offensive unit from all the way back to running backs to the first uh, receiver in Adams are going to take control of the Broncos. I can't wait to hear your score prediction, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and I, I, I agree with you, Ryan, but. You know, one thing that needs to happen for that to happen is uh, the wide receivers need to step up. Uh, After watching the film, uh, the wide receivers are allergic to blocking. Like, no one is helping blocking in the run game. And if you're not catching passes, I'm sorry, but the bare minimum, you better be blocking. I saw a couple whiffs by Geronimo when I rewatched the game. And MVS looked like he was scared of the safeties a couple times. Like, it was just like, what is going on? And they're not creating enough space. I get, you know, Allison caught one in the end zone, but there was no space there. A-Rod put it up for a jump ball. So they need to make some space um, and help out A-Rod in this game. And I know we talked about before, uh, I think, Dan, you brought it up that MVS is our true number two. 
He had three catches for 19 yards. Yeah. Like he need it's the I don't know how it happens, but his consistency is just it blind it just blows my mind that some guy can be on the field that much and he gets he gets these catches, but they're for nothing. I think our yeah. true number two is back up for grabs. I think yep. week yep. week one I made a statement a little prematurely, but you know, as as you look at the Bronco depth chart, uh Chris Harris Jr. is a, a great corner. I, I'm not sure he will shadow Devontae Adams necessarily, but that'll be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, but you quickly fall off on the on the chart of names you may have heard of before. So the Broncos pull out Bryce Callahan, Isaac Yadam. Yeah, Bryce Callahan, I believe, uh, is on the watch list for not even playing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So so then you quickly go to Isaac Yadam, Devontae Bosby. Ooh. and Duke Dawson oh, yeah. Jr. Yeah, all these studs, right? So it's uh it's definitely gonna be a game where whether that means it's MVS or Geronimo as as a two or three receiver or a tight end. I I wanna see the tight ends obviously get back involved because I'm not impressed by their linebacker crew either, Josie Jewell and Todd Davis. Um so if if they continue to not have a pass rush, uh I'm looking for some quality statistics, which blows my mind Rogers has not had three hundred yards and three touchdowns more than twice in the last, what, 25 games, 26 games? I just Googled Mahomes fast. He's done it both week one and two. And I I know Mahomes is playing at a record level right now, but I would have figured in the last two-plus years uh, of games that Rodgers has played, he's done that more than twice. That's crazy. And it's going to happen, too, because, I mean, I, w- I watched the opening night game. Uh, it was that late-night Raiders-Broncos Monday night. Carr was doing what he wanted to. And I, I, I know Carr, I would say he's a semi-above average quarterback, but the weapons that Aaron Rodgers has, plus Aaron Rodgers himself, at home in week three, where if you aren't gelling by week three, we have much, much deeper issues. And I'd also say, I think Lafleur game plan was perfect. It was his halftime adjustments, which could be uh improved upon i think he takes it seriously i think the guys get on the right foot and this this game is all about how much can aaron Rodgers throw and just you know take what the defense gives him and goes the pass is definitely going to open up the run too like that the run defense is pretty stout so they're gonna have to do something so with that we've talked about mr aaron Rodgers, who's going to come back and take over Let's talk about Joe Flacco and this this Broncos offense. And that's all the time we have today. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of it because it, it's just this it's this fantasy who's who of maybe Sutton goes off, maybe Sanders goes off, maybe Lindsay's is your leads back. I have no idea what to make of this. And he if you threw look the at ball fifty times, I'm yeah. going. I'm never going to say the word elite and Joe Flacco in the same sentence again. I'm only going to describe him as Mr. Milk Toast from now on. (laughs) Describe Milk Toast. What do you think of when you say Milk Toast? The most generic thing possible. It's Milk Toast. In the last 41 games. Are we buttering the toast at least? No. 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 no Dude, Milk Toast, bro. Was there butter in there? It's toast and it's milk. (laughs) In the last 41 games, his average touchdown per game is 1.2, and his average interception is 0.8. He's just about 1-1 for the last three years of his career. I I honestly – 
I think the Packers are going to dominate just because I don't even know. Maybe Sanders goes off, but I don't know anybody on this Broncos offense that's remotely scares me. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is a great player. You know, I, I made a note. They've got a ton of athletes, so I think they could surprise us with with one or two big plays where, you know, we called the wrong play for the formation or whatever it might be, and and uh, you know we let up forty or fifty yard gain because they do have you know Philip Lindsay can scoot, uh, Emmanuel Sanders can run, like you said. Uh, is it Cam Sutton? I forget his first name. Their Court, second receiver, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, yeah. Uh, he's a good athlete too, but. You know, watching the the replay of the Bears game this afternoon, Flacco gets the ball out fast. So I'm worried our actual sack statistics might not look that pretty at the end of this game. Um, he had 50 passes, 35 completions. So he's making the right read. But I really, I honestly, I'm not just saying this because we're recording. I honestly cannot remember a pass he threw that was more than 10 yards downfield. Every, <laughs> everything was shy of the first down marker. The, the guys were open, so good on them, right? But uh, nothing was downfield. So our pass rush may suffer because he's getting the ball out so fast, but I'm sure our secondary is watching the same thing and they're ready to jump some of these. Yeah. Um, I think the secondary is salivating right now after yes. the tape on the past two games. Uh, I'm surprised the bears did not adjust in the halftime and jump those out, out routes. Uh, they just were constantly doing the quick out routes to Sanders or whoever, and finally, at the end, they jumped it, and sure enough, Fuller uh, came up with an interception. Um, right. But especially in the last game, Jair Alexander was doing that consistently. Mm-hmm. He just didn't come up with an INT. Right, two I drops. Think this, I think this week is a week that he is going to have some fun uh, because they were doing exactly what he was uh, knocking down last week. Yeah, easy money on one interception. It's a question of whether we get to two. Yeah, the Flacco pick that he threw on the goal line with four minutes left, uh, obviously can't have it, but that was Fuller making a great play. Uh, are you guys concerned at all, you know, going back and watching it, the Broncos did find a running game late in the game on the Bears, um, almost yeah. almost unstoppable. I mean, if there was more time on the clock, if they played another quarter, I think the Broncos win that game pretty easily. They were starting to shred them with the running game. You here's my, here's my question. Would I, you rather have Dalvin Cook or Freeman or Lindsey? Yeah, but we couldn't run on the Bears yeah. is, is my point. Well, the, yeah, my, my thing is Royce Freeman, when they put him in the game, he barely played in the first half. Once they put him in in the second half, they started mm-hmm. moving the ball. He averaged almost five yards a carry. Um, so I am a little worried that he gets a start. Hopefully they start Philip Lindsley and we just knock him around because he's a little bowling ball. Uh, I just want to throw in watching this game was terrible. Watching the replay <laughs> of this game. And I could just got to say the bears still suck. And I love that. They're going to have to commit money to Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. But he's only 25 yeah. years old. He's only he's, 25 years old. He's this perfect tier of quarterback. And I think the Cowboys are going to do it with Dak Prescott. And we can go into that in week five when we play him, but he's this perfect tier quarterback where the fan base loves him Cause they have a little bit of success early. So you got to pay him the $30 million a year and you lock up all that money and you can't get, any better at other positions. And I think the bears are going to have to pay Trubisky. And as a Packer fan, that's beautiful. I am a little worried. I, I hope, uh, Petten, uh, takes Zadarius Smith and Blake Martinez off a little bit more in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think, Me too. Be, I think they're going to be thrown a lot and have four wide quite a bit. So these guys are going to be gassed. Here comes uh, so, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. We need somebody <laughs> to step up and get these guys a break in the first half. The Rayshon Gary watch is going strong. I need a, a sack. Every, Seriously. I need a little more than a sack every four games. And we're getting too, <laughs> too close to game number four, boys. 
<laughs> so let's talk about it. What do we what do we feel in terms of how this game's going to end up? Score, MVP, all that good stuff. How are we feeling? I think it's going to be a high-scoring fest for the Packers. Uh, I agree with you, Foose. I think the offense is going to click. I think our screen game will take some pressure off of the run um, and, al- and allow Jones some room. I, I think they finished oh, 33-17. to 17. Packers win. That's funny. I, I wanted to say 31-17, but I just haven't seen it from the offense yet. To, to say we've seen a quarter and a half of what they could be, and now they're going to put four quarters together. I'm not there yet. The Broncos still have some players on defense that could cause us some disruption. Um, so I'm still going to go with like a 26. I wanted to say 17, but I'll go a little different from Josh. Let's trust that Flacco doesn't get a, a lucky touchdown on a deep ball with that cannon arm. Uh, so I'll go 26 to 13. You got to believe, Finn. You got to believe. We're covering an eight-point spread. I am – when the, yeah, we talked about it at last podcast, eight and a half points. I didn't even check out what it is right now. It seemed too high. Um, but I'm going to go the optimistic Josh on these where I wildly over, over-exaggerate the Packers' possibility. I don't think the, I don't think the Broncos are that good. Right. Um, and, and since Manning has left, I think they've been average at best. I want to say over the last like three plus seasons, they've only won like eight road games. Like they're just not good on the road. They haven't performed. I uh, I think the Packers win big. I'm especially since I said that Rodgers is going to have at least three touchdowns. I'm going to say 34-13. That mm. is where I'm ending up. And Rodgers is going to be the MVP because he is just going to go for it. So what do you what do you guys think? Who's going to walk away with the MVP of this game? I'll, th- I'll throw out MVS. Well, jeez. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let's go with it. I, I want to say Rayshon Gary, but I can't do that quite yet. <laughs> hey, wait, is it week 10? <laughs> uh, yeah. week, week four. Stay tuned. Uh, can we say Aaron Rodgers or is that off the table? You, yeah. can, you can say it. Yeah. We got yeah. It. I, I, I would say Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to actually click it and it's going to show they're going to open up the playbook a little bit because they see some freedom uh, with the Denver Broncos and what they're uh, supplying. So, I, yeah, I say Aaron Rodgers. Josh, while we're covering lines, I got a fun one for you. Derek Wolf, a defensive lineman for the Broncos, had two penalties uh, in their last game. One was the second one I caught was a holding call. So much like Kenny Clark with a holding call in week one or two. Yeah, so, I saw that. Um, First defensive lineman to get penalized, Derek Clark or Kenny Clark, or excuse me, Derek Wolf or Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark. <laughs> <laughs> it it uh, happens in the first half every game. <laughs> that's true. They got Derek Wolf on the same style of hold. They're calling that this year. Surprising. Yeah, that's bogus. That's oh, absolutely bogus. It's so painful. It's so painful. And I'm glad that we've actually had listeners talk about the uh, the brick. The brick is back. We got to start this company, man. Bad call brick. Bad call brick. We got to bring it back. We could sell dozens. At least six of them. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> so that will do it for this episode. We'll see how Sunday goes. Three and zero. Oh? I'm and feeling oh? it. Three and zero, oh, baby. Three and zero. Oh. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Three and zero. Oh, go pack, go. Bye.